I'm at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers in, the, in, in what's called the Ignite Space, the AV room located. There are lots of things to do here. If you're at the library, visit the Ignite Space in the lower level, and the librarians will be happy to give you a tour. Today we're going to talk about Disability Awareness Month in the month of March for Fishers, and I have the co-chairs of that uh, celebration with me. We, they've been here before, and it's always good to have them back. Cecilia Colbel and Kelly Hartman. Cecilia and Kelly, thank you very much for returning again. Thanks, Larry, for having us. Always good to talk to both of you, and you as well, Kelly. Thank you. I want to start off with uh, Cecilia because, you know, Cecilia, it's been over just over a year since city the city of Fishers officially made the advisory committee for disabilities a formal part of city government by action uh, of the city council uh, in conjunction with the mayor. Uh, and uh, it was interesting that when you had your kickoff celebration March 1st for this this monthly uh, event or series of events, uh, the first thing the mayor talked about was the fact that the city had done that. So now that you've had a year of officially being part of city government, how's that working out so far? So far, so good. It's, um, you know, we are, we have a lot of goals and uh, we're, we're working collaboratively, again, with our partners, but uh, we appointed members to serve. They are people that have been a part of this disability movement for a really long time. There are many. We probably have over 30 really active volunteers, but... Uh, we helped the mayor with with those appointments to uh, identify nine people that would serve officially as the codified Fisher's Advisory Committee on Disability. So we are still meeting quarterly. We provide resources, but we're working on things. We're we're, we're working on on data to support possible more housing initiatives to see, you know, what what is lacking within the disability community. You know, South Point Village was a was a hit. It's it's um there's no vacancies it's it's there's a lot of calls around the community asking how can we build a south point village in our community and so we've been directing them with with the appropriate individuals that were a part of that of that project and um so those are some of the type of things that the committee is working on. Right now, we're, we're focusing a lot on, on data, data with, with transportation. We, we need to get collect that data in order to move forward. Also, with, with employment, we're, we're working on tracking the number of, of businesses that are currently employing or have employed people with intellectual and developmental disabilities so we can have metrics to show that our efforts have made a difference, which we know they have, but we, we, we need to get the data. Yeah, and the, the city has recently done a study on housing, and, and that, type, that segment of housing got a lot of attention and, and continues to do so. By the way, for those who don't know, Cecilia Coble is a member of the Fisher City Council. In fact, you've been a member at large since Fisher's transition from a town to a city. I want to go to Kelly Hartman. Kelly, you've been involved with this a long time as well. And I want to ask you, first of all, about the history lesson that you gave everyone at the kickoff on March 1st. Uh, you gave quite an address, keynote address. I was very uh, informed and moved by what you had to say. A and uh, what I took away from that is that people with disabilities, really just until recent decades, historically have been segregated from everybody else. It was a form of, of intentional segregation. And 
As a result of that, people with disabilities often were required to live in some pretty horrible living conditions, and you gave chapter and verse on some of those stories. So for those who didn't hear your uh, your address, tell us a little more about what you were trying to say in that address. Well, I think that what people fail to realize is that oftentimes we're always trying to do the right thing, right? And back in the 60s, in, in one of the lessons that I talked about was we had over 650,000 people nationwide locked in facilities because we thought it was the right thing. And that was keeping society safe from people and keeping people safe from society because we didn't understand each other. And we're really part of a paradigm shift to current day where we're looking at things like, you know what, we all have the same challenges. We all have unique strengths that we bring to the table. And instead of asking, you know, what's wrong with that person, we're trying to see like, what is the most amazing thing that that person brings to the table so that really as humanity, we can all be together and live in a community like Fishers where we do have opportunities that whether you have a disability or not is is not a defining factor. It is how can you be a great human who lives in Fishers and be a participant in all things that are wonderful in this community to be a part of? Well, one of the great quotes from your your message was you wish that people could have on their T-shirt just the word human instead of I have this disability or that. That really says it all, doesn't it? Well, you know, we spend March trying to help people know what they don't know about specific issues around disability and inclusion. But I think... What we need to see is just what's great about one another. Um, we're, we live in a time right now where I feel like there are more, more labels than I've ever heard of in my life, you know, and we all are identified by certain labels. It's not because what you can or cannot do. Um, and I think that it would be joyful in my life if I could see less labeling of people because they have disabilities um, and us all just be humans and, and we all come to the table with our amazingness individually. Well, I've talked about this in the past and we'll get into it now in detail, but when I worked for the federal government, I could see from my own eyes what just a little bit of adaptation can do and how productive people with disabilities, people who are totally blind, using first uh, Braille versus Braille and then uh, more advanced technology to be able to get their work done. And that's just one example. There were many of them. But uh, yes, that just dovetails right into what you were saying. Uh, Cecilia, uh, you have every year, your committee does, a Life Without Limits Award. This year it went to Zach Curtis. Tell us about Zach Curtis. Wow, I've known Zach for a really long time. So is Kelly. And he he is a young man on the autism spectrum that has uh, just stepped up as, as a leader in the, in the community, um, working as an ambassador for Best Buddies, Teaching uh, students, doing doing presentations at the high school, you know, sharing his story with his peers and educating the community about disabilities. Um, he's working at Internet Bank. He's worked there for five years. He just he he received a rec- recognition for for working there for five years. And he's just doing amazing things. People love him. He he's like the mayor. <laughs> Of South Point Village, Kelly has said, and everybody just he he embraces people, hugs people. How you doing? And he's just an amazing, amazing person. And we really felt this year he was someone we we needed to recognize. He 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 you know went to 
the schools here in Fishers, and, and he's active in the Fishers community. Well, I mean, uh, Zach uh, works at First Internet Bank, and Kelly, one thing that I heard from the mayor when he spoke at your kickoff was the fact that City Hall has been demolished, it's being built again. And in the meantime, the mayor has his office at First Internet Bank, so he and Zach have kind of gotten to know each other a little more in recent months. Yeah, it's if you know Zach, I mean, you can't help but smile when you even think about him. He, um, you know, obviously he's had an impact on on Mayor Fadness's day to day routine. Now that he has an opportunity to interact with him, um, the thing I love about Zach is he doesn't even realize how amazing he is. Right? I mean, I met him probably the first one or two weeks I remember talking to him in the hallway at South Point Village when he first moved in. And to be honest, he was pretty scared. And so was his mom. You know, that's a big transition moving away from home, especially if you need a little extra support learning and doing things, you know, domestic things during the day. And to see where he has, where he started and where he is now is is really, it's overwhelming. I mean, I'm sure that I share uh, what Mayor Fadness was saying is that I feel like I'm a better human because I know Zach and what a what a great contribution he's made to really anybody who has the opportunity to know him. And I think he uh, cherishes that award. He seemed thrilled, Cecilia, when he had a chance to accept that award. He, he was. We had to kind of... Uh, share it with his mother first and, and say, you know, I well, we want you to know that Zach won this award, but Zach is just, he he's very active on social media and we were worried he was going to kind of let it out before it was, you know, officially uh, given to him. And so now I think he's been blasting it rightly so. He's really proud. You know, every day he shares that, you know, he's the winner and his, it was good to see his, his family there, his parents and extended family videoing, videoing him and being there and, and uh, sharing in, in that proud moment. You know, Kelly, uh, your committee as well as others, uh, everywhere, but especially here in Fishers, also want to highlight employers who are giving people an opportunity with disabilities to show what they can do. And and this year it went to the Hampton Inn of Fishers. Talk about that. Oh, the Hampton Inn. <clears throat> I want to stay there just so I can meet um, their lobby ambassador. Um, they've They've hired a young man who has just evolved. His strengths continue to show um, himself, you know, just how awesome he is. And he's, he's taken on more and more responsibility. And, you know, if it's not for employers like the Hampton Inn, um, with open minds and open hearts, giving people a chance, um, then those great stories can't be told. And so it is a great story. We're really thankful to have a, a property like the Hampton Inn and Fishers, um, and their willingness to reach out and employ people who have learning differences. There's also an accessibility award, and uh, Cecilia, your committee awarded that to an entire family. That's right. Well, Santi has been the president of Fisher's High School Best Buddies, and she's also been very active with uh, Unified Sports at Fisher's High School. But we felt that uh, something needed to be recognized, but also her family. It's the Chimirakis family, and it has been a family affair, especially during COVID. They they went above and beyond making sure that all those students felt connected with each other with Zoom, Zoom meetings, Zoom games, 
They would visit people door to door outside. Uh, Dino, the father, he dressed up as Santa Claus and they gave out gifts to people. Uh, the students that were involved in, in unified sports and bus buddies and visit, visited with them. They had they hosted parties throughout the time they were involved with with best buddies and unified sports. And they even did a huge Halloween party with costumes and music and food that they they paid um for that and hosted and it it is just truly amazing to to see that they they open their arms to to all these families and and young adults with disabilities including my daughter and and it it really made a difference especially during those trying times during covid when when we had so much isolation and couldn't be in person yeah, and that, that was a, a challenge for all of us, but particularly I think people with disabilities had even more so as far as barriers to deal with. Uh, Kelly, one thing the Fishers Arts Council does every month is it has a display, an arts display. And in the month of March, uh, it will uh, have a special March Disability Awareness theme. The theme of your month, by the way, is building futures, building our future together. And, and that is also the um, – what the the uh, arts council is using for its uh, arts display, and if you don't know where the collaboration hub is at the Hamilton County Community Foundation, it's right across from Best Choice Fieldhouse. If that tells you where it's at, but uh, uh, there's going to be an arts display. There'll be, and in fact, we are recording this on the seventh of March, on March the tenth, from six to eight p.m. at that collaboration hub. There will be a reception. So tell us more about the artists uh, involved in this. Well, if you talk to me very long, you'll understand that I have a theme, and I appreciate you saying the artists, not artists with disabilities or not artists who have challenges. Um, I had the opportunity to see a sneak peek of some of the amazing art that was present at our um, reception at Connor Prairie last Friday. It, It is unbelievable, the talent that we have in this community, and just to look at everything from landscape to cartoons, the artists are just so incredibly gifted um, and the opportunity for them to share their talents with the community um, is just such a nice reception and the Arts Council does a great job partnering with us throughout the month. So I'm really looking forward to Friday night. Well, I mean, artists are artists. It doesn't matter whether they have disabilities or not. And you can see the artwork and you have no idea whether that person has a disability. Well, clearly, like, I love art and I've painted a few things. I promise you they're not hanging anything that I've painted (laughs) up at any gallery. So it is really incredible. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. Painting is not a a strength of mine. (laughs) So I've tried. I think grade school is when I stopped trying. Uh, there's something else coming up, Cecilia, and this will be at Carmel High School. Uh, it's going to be on Thursday, March 23rd. For those who are, you never know when someone will listen to a podcast, but if you're listening on or before that date, this is from 6 until 7 p.m. It's called the Hamilton County Transition Fair. Explain what that's all about. Well, this is an annual event as well, and it's a great opportunity to really find out what resources are available within our city limits, Hamilton County and beyond, all the service providers, organizations that work with the disability community. 
will be there. They'll have booths with information, and it's just a great way to network and also find out what's available as as uh, young people, especially transition out of high school and they become adults. You know, it gets challenging, and we need to get that information out to people to be aware of what's out there in terms of services in home and outside of the home. Very important. Yeah, and Kelly, explain just how important that transition period is. Well, in a town like specifically Fishers, it is incredibly important for individuals and their families and our community to understand what resources are available because in Fishers, we don't have a day program. Um, So if someone leaves the high school and doesn't yet have employment or they're not quite prepared for secondary education or a trade school or, or more advanced training, they might need a little bit of extra education. And so we don't have that in Fishers, um, not not a, um, a an all-inclusive provider quite yet. I know Outside the Box is working on something to be announced very soon. Um, but this transition fair is really, really important, especially for folks who have not yet kind of dipped their toe in learning about resources um, because it families need that because if you don't have your school system and HSC schools is amazing and our division of exceptional learners offers a great deal but after high school um, and that whole transition into adult life is so important and we start planning for that while they're still in the school system um, but this transition fair will be really important to connect people to resources. And when you gave your keynote address you made a very important point I want to emphasize which ties into what you're saying that In the 1960s, that's when that segregation began to wane away. So a lot of the programs that were put in place were put in place in the 1970s, a time when Fishers was a tiny little farm town with a few hundred people living here. So during that period, when a lot of those programs were put in place, Fishers wasn't big enough to provide them. Now we're a whole different place. And and that does have an impact on what's available here. Yeah, it's really, um, people don't think about it, but oftentimes you see the concentration of community-based programs in county seats like Noblesville um, or Marion County has a number of programs, but a lot of the more evolved cities and towns that have grown so much from the mid-70s on haven't had the program development, and that really comes down to funding and, and different things like that. So um, Fishers is certainly coming along, and, and Disability Awareness Month and our committee does a great job of pushing those initiatives forward. But we did have 624 people um, mm-hmm. in in Fishers when um, our go-to resource in Hamilton County, which is Janus, in Noblesville was, was built. So, yeah, entirely different. We have 100,000 people roughly living in the city of Fishers right now. So, Celia, we're recording this, as I mentioned earlier, in uh, in the Hamilton East Library here in Fishers. And some of the programs that are going to be available uh, are, are right here in the library. Some have already happened before we record this. But uh, let me talk about a couple that are coming up. A couple are right here in the Ignite studio where we are located. One's a paper basket class for adults. Another is a, what's called a calming collage class. I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, but uh, they're, they're going to – I think it's interesting that uh, the library has been partnering with your committee for, for many years to, to, uh, 
to produce these programs. Absolutely. And we are just fortunate that we have amazing partners. And the Hamilton East Public Library is is one of them. And so every year they they provide opportunities, again, for education and to build awareness about various disabilities. And each each year, the workshops vary from year to year. We've had ASL, uh, ASL, uh, signing uh, workshops. We, we've had um, disabilities that are, are not seen, like dyslexia, things like that. So we also try to have maybe some support groups as well. So it varies from year to year, but we are just fortunate that we have an amazing partnership with the library. You know, you mentioned sign language. I have to tell you, just from my years working in the federal government, I can tell you one thing. If you want to get into a profession, get into sign language because there is a huge shortage of sign language interpreters. And uh, what I found is that we would try to arrange for one, have the money already uh, in you know there, and they couldn't find anybody because there was nobody available. So it's uh, there are there are many ways you can you can get involved. That I, I just find that. Uh, interesting that uh, there are there's a need for certain kinds of people and, and uh, sign language interpreters are always in demand i know when and when i again when i worked for the federal government we would put a program on we always said people with hearing disabilities and we needed those people and, and try you know, had to arrange a far ahead of time if we could even get anyone there's another program coming up on march 27th at the library kelly you can say what you want want to say about this because this is an autism family support waiver workshop and and uh Autism is a spectrum. I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about autism. Tell us a little bit about autism and, and how families need uh, to know certain things just to be able to to, to deal with, with members of their family who are, uh, who are trying to deal with, uh, well, children in particular who are on the autism spectrum. Well, it's interesting because if you know someone or you are someone or you have someone in your family – who happens to have a diagnosis of autism spectrum spectrum disorder, they are as unique as anyone else in your family. No one particular set of diagnostic symptoms. I mean, certainly there are some similarities amongst people who have autism, but I couldn't tell you one thing. You know, I, I, I do know that there are certainly um, opportunities that we have in Fishers that many communities don't. For example, sensory sensitivity and awareness of that. Um, we have opportunities, for example, during our concert series in the summer um, where we have packs so that people who might not be able to tolerate loud noises have ways of still participating in the concert with noise-canceling headphones and those kinds of things. Um, so I think what's really important for people who may not be connected to the disability resources in our community is to check this out because knowing how to access the waiver, which is a Medicaid waiver program, um, to get some additional supports while an individual still lives with their family or lives in the community is really, really important and will be shared that day. I've, uh, I just want to give each of you a chance. Uh, we're, again, uh, recording this on the 7th of March, so we're into uh, Disability Awareness Month. Uh, talk about anything else going on this month or anything else about the month that you might want to say that I haven't asked about. So say just anything you, you would like to add. 
Well, this past week, we we were just excited again to have an amazing turnout at the One Zone Breakfast at the Hotel Carmichael. And it was a full house, and we talked about how to find your next great hire and just to see the new the new businesses or, or businesses that are new to disability presentations, being there and learning and asking great questions. And I'm just excited because this really has evolved with our business community and with our partnership with OneZone. They are committed to helping both the city officials and Carmel educate their members and the business community about the programs that are available to businesses where they bring in coaches, where they bring volunteers to get uh, an idea of jobs that might be available where they can start doing doing things in the community and hopefully get hired. And, and these programs do an amazing job through their coaches and through providing um, the training for the employer so the employer doesn't have to 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 do the training themselves and uh, Kelly could probably speak a little bit more about that because she was our moderator well and also you know I think employers are finding an untapped resource they're finding it difficult to recruit employees this is an untapped resource they've ever known Kelly I'll give you a chance here well, I think it's interesting when you think about employment because many of us who have been employers were used to thinking about life in shifts. You know, someone comes in at 8 in the morning and they leave at 4 in the afternoon and they do this, 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 and this. Well, not all people can do all facets of any job. That You know, you just bring your strengths to it. And looking at the untapped resource that you say, um, people who may learn differently or may succeed differently or may not have the same amount of time that they can work in a day can really be an amazing resource for any employer. Um, I think it kind of leads into what I was going to say about March Disability Awareness in general is that the elephant in the room is fear, right? I mean, people don't know what they don't know. And if you have not had the blessing of knowing and being impacted positively by someone who might be a little bit different than you are, um, and if you don't have somebody in your family that might have learning differences, you may be a little bit tentative about being more aware. And I think what we find is that when people, when employers open their hearts and their minds and their doors to looking at employment differently, it's good for morale. It builds teams. It gives somebody an opportunity. It helps people feel valuable. And so whether it's employment or other ways that you can include people to do all things in our community um, and make it available for all people, this this month really is a great way to sort of just be more aware of each other and and really include all people. And I would be um, I would be remiss if I didn't thank Old National Bank, who is I believe for the third year now um, our presenting sponsor, um, a great community partner who embraces people with disabilities and and assuring that they have a place at the table. And we're really appreciative of their sponsorship. Yes, I know the representative that came to speak at your kickoff was Rafael Sanchez, and he made it very clear he is not the same Rafael Sanchez <laughs> as you see on Channel 6. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> same name, different people. But uh, right. anyway, I want to thank both of you, all the work you've done. Uh, you've made so much progress uh, in this community, 
in this area. Now you're officially part of the city with your advisory committee. And I think every year we talk about uh, Disability Awareness Month, you have more items on the calendar. You have more uh, that you've been doing. So to uh, the co-chairs of this Disability Awareness Month celebration in Fishers, Cecilia Coble and uh, Kelly Hartman, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Thank you, Larry, for having us. Thanks, Larry. It's always great to see you.